our clients are, they all have such amazing personalities. Every client that I've met has just a cool personality. Yeah, they, they do have good clients. Like we're not just We really do. Yeah. Hi, my name is Beth Anderson and my law firm is Anderson Law PC. We do family law, estate planning, elder law, probate, and really the name of the podcast is Breaking Upward because families take different forms. They might break up, you may lose a family member, but ultimately they're always still a family. And when those changes happen, we like to think you're not just breaking up, you're breaking upward. So today I have a really amazing guest, our office manager. So I think you might be the youngest guest we've had <laughs> so far. And her name is Rosie, and I'd like you to just introduce yourself as the office manager for Anderson Law PC and tell me a little bit about yourself. Alrighty, um, my name is Rosie Hermanson. Uh, I do wanna say thank you for this opportunity. This is super cool. I have never done a podcast, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna learn how to do it today <laughs> during yeah. the podcast. Um, I'm excited. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So thanks for being here. And um, we always start with kind of the question of the day. So our first question for you is to come at, well, we're going to come at each question in kind of an interesting way, because the topic of our podcast that we're segueing into is how to be a really great client for a law firm. And we're going to give two perspectives. We're going to give Rosie's perspective as our office manager and my perspective as an attorney, how you can get the most for your time and money when you work with lawyers. And I think we both have some really helpful insight on that. But before we delve into that, we will talk about our question for the day, which is why, Rosie, do you think someone should have an estate plan? So I think that, well, that's a great question. I think everyone should have an estate plan, not just someone. Um, Everyone should have an estate plan because it's honestly such a gift to your family. Um, things happen. People pass away or accidents happen and um, you may be in a vegetable state. Uh, a lot of things may happen to you in your life. And I think that there's such a connotation that only old people or older people need wills, estate plans, all of that. But I think it's a gift no matter how old you are to give that to your family, um, some peace of mind in a hard time, so. Yeah, for sure, and you've seen that happen because we don't just write wills and trusts and so forth, but we also do probate, so you've encountered several people that are going through those end of life decisions and all the paperwork, and you've seen how if they have a good estate plan in place, it's easy, if they don't, it's hard and can even break up the family, so you know Definitely. that better than most. Yep. And then we decided, since we're coming from different perspectives, it may shock you to know I'm not also 22 years old like Rosie, that we are going to, each time we segue into a new topic, we're going to give a compliment to different generations to kind of, in the interest of peace and harmony. So um, we're starting young to old. So what's one of your favorite things about, we can kind of lump them together. It's the Gen Alpha Yes, I am scared of... <laughs> You're not the youngest. <laughs> I know, yo. not anymore. So I want to preface by saying um, I'm a zillennial. So You're a we, zillennial. Zillennial, yeah. exactly. So I am Gen Z technically, but I did grow up. So I was born 2000. 
<laughs> it's crazy. Yeah, I know. Um, and then, but I am close to that cutoff mark from the millennials. So I definitely have a lot of millennial traits, um, which I couldn't name off the top of my head because they are just... I think we all have voice. traits from every generation, yeah, but yeah, there's definitely, definitely differences. So what's your favorite thing about these younger generations? Because you're third in line, I guess. I know. You're not the what? youngest. I know. It feels weird. <laughs> yeah. So the young people would say you were flexing when you were showing up about being 22. <laughs> yeah. Snow cap. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, what one of your favorite things about the younger clients we have? Oh, man. Like younger clients around my age or... Mm-hmm. Oh, gosh. Uh, I'd say they're very tenacious, motivated. I could say that about, honestly, all of our clients because we have great clients, but um, definitely some younger clients when it comes to getting a prenup. Yeah, we have a lot of prenups for they're, millennials. They know what they want. <laughs> yeah, prenups are really on the rise with millennials because they know that a marriage can end. What I like a lot, and it's kind of cliche, is technology. Oh, that um, we sadness. had mm-hmm, we had students in the office this summer, and I was so impressed with their facility with technology, of course. And also, I just see more awareness when it comes to mental health and things like that, that they're more sensitive and aware about differences and unashamed to acknowledge they exist. Instead, in my generation, we kind of swept it under the rug. Yeah, and I think that's such a good thing, and not just for my generation or the younger generations, but for all generations, because putting this kind of new idea of of putting your mental health first isn't just going to benefit us. It's going to benefit all of the generations, really, because any yeah. generation that's working, a lot of these um, big companies are starting to implement those ideals of making sure that mental health is going first, is coming first for their yeah, employees. Yeah, not just pretending exactly. like we're robots and exactly. that nothing matters, which of course isn't true. I like that. So now our first topic we're going to get into from our different perspectives on clients and how to get the best bang for your buck and the best treatment at a law firm to be our favorite client and go to the top of the line. Um, We wanted to talk about you on the phone because you do a good job. So what kind of pointers do you have for um, why are you so good at um, handling client phone calls and what are some things that you brought to the table, your perspective as office manager, and then I'll talk about kind of my perspective as a lawyer. Yeah. Um, When it comes to over the phones, I mean, it's tricky because every person is an individual and they all have different traits when talking. And um, I think the biggest thing that I bring forward would have to be my empathy. Um, I definitely feel like it's important when you're at a front desk type of job Um, that you're the first person that they see or hear, Um, which I'm not always because you guys do answer the phones a lot. But um, I think it's important for them to know that we are hearing them, we're listening to them. So I think I do bring that to the table a lot. Yeah, you bring the empathy and you also have the ability to cut someone off when they're (laughs) trying to get legal advice or bond. And just as a lawyer, I want our clients to know that It's very important that you have trust in your lawyer because when it comes down to the nitty gritty, that is the person who will be speaking for you if you end up in court. And that's the person who's advocating for you both in court, in writing, and in mediation. And so we're the ones who often will tell you things you do not want to hear. 
everyone will now and then, but the lawyer is really in your own best interest going to rein in your expectations that may be amiss. We all want to believe what we want to believe, that we're going to get top dollar on maintenance or pay no maintenance. That's alimony. We all want to think that the judge will just hear our voice and see us and go our way. But sometimes the law is not consistent with what you want. If you are only connected to the support staff or the receptionist, they can't give you legal advice, number one. And number two, they are not the ones that are doing those things and giving you that hard information. So that's really important to us. And what I like in a receptionist or an office manager, anyone covering the phone is that they don't get in the way of that critical relationship between client and lawyer, but they also are a soft landing place to facilitate the contact. And our paralegals are kind of in between where they know a lot of the law, but again, it's a different relationship. They're not going to, at least at this juncture, they're not allowed to do hearings and things like that. Right. So that's my feedback. And I forgot to do my trivia, so why don't you start with me? What's your trivia? Oh, We're gonna give each other trivia from our generations and see how that goes. Okay. Um, oh, I thought oh, I had an idea. <laughs> I was bringing it? it on. The winner, then, well, I shouldn't tell you that because you were going to go easy on me. On <laughs> no, tell me no. no I thought excited. that, like, if I win, you have to dress like my generation one day at work. And if you win, I have to dress like your generation one okay. day at work. What do you think? I think that would be fun. Let's okay, do it. So let's do it. Okay. So go ahead. You can go first or I'll go first, whatever you want. Okay, um, I'm trying to think about, are we doing pop culture? Because we didn't really I discuss. I have the whole gamut. I have you have the whole, whole gamut. Well, of okay. course, I'm prepared, and I prepared a list of questions. Right. <laughs> Perfect. Um, well, let's see. Um, let's start off with some phrases. So I do know you know. So here's the thing, too. I was thinking about this on the drive over here. You and I both have equal advantages here because my parents are your age and your children are my age, around my yeah, age. Yeah, Your youngest, at least. Yeah, so there you go. Like, you you and yeah. I have so a little bit of an get advantage. At it. What is it? <laughs> oh, man. Okay. Um, all right. The phrase, no cap, what does it mean? No BS is my take on that. It's <laughs> no for real. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yes. Yeah. So I'll give you the point because it's like no lie. Yeah, like, that's the same thing. I yeah, think. no cap, no BS, no lie. Okay. All right, my turn still, or do you want to? <laughs> okay, I'll give you a trivia. Let's okay. see. Oh, this is a, I'll do a slang. Uh-oh. What is the fuzz? The fuzz? What's yeah. like the business? It, What's happening? What's going down? It's from the 60s, which that's I was like born. It means cops, the, right? Yes, <laughs> bing, 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 cops. So, okay, it's a tie. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. What is the yeah. fuzz is also the cops. Okay. Yeah, the cops. That's from the 60s, okay. so I'm talking about the old time. Let's talk about the next generation, which I guess would be your generation, maybe. Well, at least millennials. the workforce, yeah. right? Yeah, millennials. What's something you like about that group? I mean, obviously the prenups also is your age and up. We are very, I mean, we kind of touched on the topic of mental health. I feel like our generation is really doing a great job with um, ensuring good mental health in the workplace or at least kind of pressuring bosses i mean i didn't even have to do this with you you're already really on top of the mental health game you wanted everyone to feel comfy and um happy and healthy working for you and we all do thankfully um but i would say yeah my generation really is super cut about boundaries and and mental health and we we will tell you like hey you know 
I'm off at five o'clock. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Don't text I like me. that. You know what I I'm mean? I'm going to join yeah. in because I do like that answer so much about boundaries. And that oh, yeah. is something that now there are a lot of people from every generation that have excellent boundaries i don't always and that's a growth area for me so um i i can drift into workaholic or people right. pleasing just you name it not with my clients i think that might be why i was drawn to the law because mm -hmm. if you'll notice the dichotomy like in my law job i'm very firm i can be aggressive i don't oh, yeah. take no for an answer and um I bring all that to the table, but in my personal life, I might be bending over backwards to please people or make oh, everyone happy. I've gotten better. So I think that my generation has learned from yours and gender and everything can play into it too. I don't really wanna get into that too much, but right. yeah, I agree 100% that that's something that has improved over the years. Yeah, so, I'm excited to see where it goes. Yeah, and then um, an another question I had for you is, um, what is something that a client can do that to you makes them an excellent client? Um, okay, so I will start by saying that I do like it when a new person calls and they want, they're looking for a free consult. We do those, by the way, um, <laughs> and typically, uh, they will tell me a little bit about themselves, how, and I ask them, how did you hear about us? I absolutely love it when I ask them, what's your name? And they say their name and then tell me how to spell it. Because a lot of times people don't know that it is hard to hear them over the phone sometimes, depending on where you're at, especially in a tricky place like Colorado. So it's really helpful when people just tell me how to spell their name. It's so yeah, cool. it's simple, but just it's, being it's patient, like, yeah, trying being patient, to help us get the information we need. Exactly. And that off the bat, I'm just like, OK, this person is going to be an awesome client if we do hire them or they hire us, you know? Yeah. And for me, my favorite client is one where they treat me with respect and kindness, which hopefully I do the same for them. And then they listen to what I ask them to do and ideally do it right because it's so hard when they want to tell their story and I get it and I want to hear their story there's a lot of information in what a client has to tell me Absolutely. and I will listen to it and I've been a client so I know how important it was for me to tell my story and sometimes I would even listen to myself talking and think I'm like that client that just talks. <laughs> and I don't like that, but I feel like I want my lawyer to know this. Right. And so I like to hear what you have to say as a client and to listen to you, but I also want you to hopefully take notes and listen to me. Right. And have some confidence that you don't need to go back to the committee of your friends and neighbors and everyone you know and every article on the that you read on the internet or elsewhere and then just kind of pull it all together and do whatever. I'd like right. you to actually realize that you hired me for a reason and not just me, our whole firm. Yep. And we weigh in and discuss your case together and you have a lot of people in your corner helping you and it would be a good idea to kind of follow through with right. what we suggest. And if it's too hard, let us know and we'll help you. Like of if we tell you, can you get your financials and you can't, just let us know. I'm struggling. I can't do this. It's weird. I do it in my work, but in my personal, I'm having a hard time even focusing. Yeah, because it's emotional. But we're here to help you and we'll get you there. I feel like it does take a lot for some of our clients um, 
to kind of say, I do need help. I mean, it's it that's a hard thing to ask for. So um, I really like it when clients are open about what they struggle with when it comes to that stuff. It definitely, I can tell, it helps you guys, uh, the attorneys, meaning. Um, it just helps you guys because then you know exactly what you need to do. And then we can get a better outcome for the client when they're honest like that. Well, the clients who listened and did what we instructed them to do have always done better. Right. And we'll take you as you are. I've had people show up with a um, plastic shopping bag full of receipts and bills, and we'll organize it. And then others come in with all their note already scanned. They already did yes. their own spreadsheets, and they're top of the list for they're very good at um, organizing their data. But we'll take you as you come, and we'll work Absolutely. with you as you are. No judgment at mm-hmm. all. But it's the ones who pay attention and and do their to-do list always do better. Oh, yeah. And so that's important. And if we got it wrong, I'll listen to you. Hopefully it's a two-way street. So that's the one question, like how to be that best top-of-the-list client, (laughs) which I guarantee you you'll get more money. Don't be penny-wise and pound-foolish where, oh, I don't want to pay the lawyer for five minutes Meanwhile, we're talking sometimes hundreds of thousands and millions of dollars at stake in a divorce. I mean, we do seven and eight figure divorces, possibly even more sometimes. Don't be penny wise and pound foolish about this money. And even if yours is a smaller divorce in terms of the amount of money involved, that's all you have. Right. You are dealing with all you have. Right. And we're here to help so that's just my little now i'm sounding like i'm preaching but it's it's important it's important i hope that people listen to that because i just am all my clients are running through my head and i'm thinking of the ones who did best and got the best results and they were always the ones who listened and hit their deadlines absolutely so back to i guess trivia trivia all right who did miley cyrus marry (laughs) okay she married Liam Hemsworth. There you go. And ding, ding, ding. Yeah. Okay. Another Not my question. favorite Hemsworth, but he's in the running. And then um, she divorced him. And then this might shock you, but I have a lot. She was in a relationship with Brody Jenner's ex-wife. I know what? that. I didn't even know oh that. Oh my gosh. <laughs> okay, okay. I have okay, a better I have question. I have to educate you. No, I'm going to have to. Miley Cyrus. I'm going to have to ask you some harder questions. I'm going yeah, easy mode right now. Yeah, she's with some new guy, but Miley dates a lot. And <laughs> she is fluid. We love Let's that queen leave. pop yeah. up. <laughs> so, yeah, she's Dolly Parton's goddaughter. I know. That is cool. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I have a better. Of the I do have it's a better question for you. I know that much about Miley Cyrus. <laughs> no, she retains information like a sponge. So <laughs> it's not a red flag that she knows that type of information. If she sees it in a headline, she knows it for the rest of her life. But um, let me say, uh, here's a good question. Can you name five Disney or Nickelodeon shows from the time between 2000 and 2012? Oh my gosh, I wouldn't be able to pinpoint them, so I'm just going to be a shot in the dark. Okay, so five. Yeah, you don't Disney have to pinpoint Disney or Nick, times. yeah, because I can't tell them apart. Right. Oh my can't gosh. Can't be like Nick at night, can't be like Disney Plus. I'm going to always have the names a little bit wrong. Okay. Like <laughs> Secret Life of Zack and Cody. <gasps> That's correct. Okay, like that, that was one of my favorites. Ding, ding, um, ding. Oh, the Wizards of Waverly Place? That is the be- Yes, one <laughs> okay. of my favorites. Oh my gosh, I really don't watch those. 
Come on. Shows. You just um, talked about. How about Keenan and Cal? Were they? No. I have no okay, idea what that's. <laughs> Welcome Can to Happy Burger. Okay, maybe they're not from that. That's like '90s, like Happy Burger. Okay, I they think. blend. Okay. They blend. I was grown. Okay. Um, um, you just named Miley Cyrus. What or what show was she in? Oh, Hannah Montana. There's three. Thanks for the okay. hint. Yeah. And um, for who are some other? See, I think I'm thinking of 90s because there's like the Amanda Bynes had her show. I don't um, know what Amanda Bynes. All that. That's probably 90s. Um, I know she was in a movie with Channing Tatum. I just don't know the TV show she had. Um, All right, we have three. Oh my gosh. Those were all Disney. I know my kids watch Nick's. I'm just going Nickelodeon. Yeah, yeah. you you have two Nickelodeon shows. That's all I need from you. (laughs) I don't think I can do it. Uh, I don't really, honestly, I didn't like any of those shows. What did your your sons watch? What did um, Nate watch? They probably were playing um, some video game or something like that. Yes, okay, fair enough. (laughs) I was thinking (laughs) Drake and Josh, which is one of my favorites, iCarly. Oh, I was thinking of iCarly. Yeah, oh, there was a spin, wait, don't tell me, because there was a spinoff from iCarly and Ariana Grande was in mm-hmm. it. That's, ah! So Victorious and... Victorious, and, that's the one I was going to say. No, and, the spinoff is um, Sam and Cat, but Ariana I, yeah. Grande was in Victorious and... Yeah, because I did a deep dive because I was like, where did she... Why was she on a Nick show? And then I saw she She's was on... She's wildly famous now. But the weird part is the star of Victorious Victoria was... Justice. Yeah, all... Everyone was in on her, and then her career didn't really. I mean, she's still. Where did Ariana Grande just came out? It's her voice. <laughs> like her a voice dark was horse. insane. Yeah, she can hit. According to tones. Nate, she sang on one of her shows, and she wasn't as good. But I don't know about that. Well, I'm sure she had much, a lot of training. Okay, so okay, we'll yeah. put me down for a half. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a half a point right there. That's, that's point I'm sure five. people are probably get me out of here. <laughs> like fast forward, fast forward. Okay, so my trivia for you. Oh, I hope you can't read upside down. I can't read. I'm not reading. I I can read. We all know no one can read my writing, so that's my superpower. What, and I wasn't even born yet, by the way. What superhero came down in 1962? Came down, is that like a hint? Like was released, was... Okay. Probably, yeah. 1962, it's not Superman. It's not Superman, is it? Nope. Um, 1962, did you whisper something? Spider-Man? Yeah, it is Spider-Man. It is? Okay, yeah. I was like, is it spider Very good, yeah. Give me some harder nice ones. I job. feel like that one's too easy. I thought it was hard, but yeah. You're lucky you missed me singing the Spider-Man song from back then. Okay, <laughs> so our next comment, which is not as joyful, but what is something that bothers you about clients? Oh, just everything. No, yeah. <laughs> just oh, kidding. No. no, the clients are honestly... Our clients are, they all have such amazing personalities. Every client that I've met has just a cool personality. We, they we do have good clients. Like, we're not just we sucking really up. We really do. actually do. Like, no, because yeah, a lot of clients are just adventurous, fun, um, especially, like, estate planning clients. They're always just kind of doing their own thing. Maybe well, they're retired. Well, a lot of effort went into that because oh, yeah. the locations of our offices what we put out there is all to attract the ideal clients. And right. we're based in Ken Carroll, Evergreen, and Applewood. And the people who live in those communities happen to be just really good clients for us. Oh, yeah. And, th- and they're, like, going and traveling places. Like, that's mm-hmm. so cool. Yeah. I just love But what clients. is the negative? Like, what is something a client does that you do not like? Oh, man. 
um obviously number one is just don't be rude i hate i i don't hate i just dislike it when clients automatically assume i'm not important because i'm not a lawyer and i know i'm i'm not a lawyer and i can't answer a lot of your questions but i am there as like a stepping stone to the lawyer and obviously i'm going to get you to the lawyer no matter what no matter how you treat me but um i know that my boss beth would be very angry at you if you're mean to me or any of the other staff members so um we really appreciate that kind of you know good tone and banter when speaking to us um and yeah. yeah, it's it's yeah. negative when, when we yeah. have that experience. And that goes, we were talking about for opposing counsel, too. Sometimes oh, yeah. they can be the rudest. But, um, I mean, all people have dignity. Absolutely. And I cover phones. So does Jacob, the other attorney. Um, I covered phones for my former employers, and I was appalled how I was treated when people thought I was a receptionist. Not everyone, not yeah. even the majority. It's just a small few. Most yeah, but once in a while, amazing. people would be very rude to yeah. me, and I didn't necessarily tell them I'm a lawyer after they were rude to me if I was putting them through to someone else. But I was appalled because I didn't know. But I know as a lawyer that I would never mistreat a clerk. It's not my nature anyway to right. be, in my opinion, I don't think I would be mean to anyone or abusive toward them. And I do see everyone with equal dignity. But as lawyers, we know that the clerks run the courts and you do not ever want to offend or hurt a clerk. She will tell the judge, he oh, yeah. will tell his judge. And that judge will not forgive because they do not tolerate it, nor do I. Rudeness right. to our staff is just not acceptable at all. And I get it. You're going through a really hard oh, yeah. time. But we're here to help you. So, you know. Yeah, and it just doesn't help things because you might be mad about something. And I want to hear what you have to say, even if it's negative. I right. always want to hear what clients have to say because I heard only 4% even bother to tell you what they didn't like. Yeah. So I welcome that. But with respect of course and dignity yeah. yeah and you know shout out to my dad he always um and my mom of course too but <laughs> he always uh told me when I was little to respect the janitor as much as you would the principal and when I was as a little girl I really took that to to heart and I would become friends with the janitor and I've had friends um not even the janitor but the just the work staff in the school that may not be a teacher or a principal and my my friends, I remember a couple of times, my friends would be like, why are you talking to him? <laughs> or like, why are you talking to her? And yeah, I just remember they're, they're saying... They're snobbish if they act oh, that way. Oh, absolutely. And I mean, there were so many times where I had to explain to my friends, like, you treat everyone as you would the person you'd most respect. So you give respect, the most respect to everyone. At my church when I was growing up, the, I guess the janitor, the sanitation person yeah, for that church person. was CEO of a major company. Exactly. And then when he retired, he chose that job. Right. And so we all have journeys in our life. We need and to I, be humble. <laughs> well, and I was just talking to someone about this, and it's way off topic, but I have made choices that have led to me having less money. Right. And one of those choices is the way we bill our clients. We charge less, even though I believe I have the skill set to charge a lot more. You absolutely do. And we're efficient and we make certain choices in life. I live in a modest house. I don't drive a fancy car and I'm thrifty. 
And we were just talking about, I'm content. I like my life the way it is. I've had the other life and I like my life the way it is. And it's a modest life. And in our culture, you're kind of made to feel like you're less than if you're not going out to make top dollar and be as rich as possible. But I deliberately chose the life I have because I didn't want to give up the opportunity to be helpful, to be able to represent people of all incomes, to put children first, to not rip off a single client or drive up the fees on a case. Oh yeah. And it's hard to make those choices. It's not like anyone's coming around like, oh, I'm glad you stopped working out so much and you don't look as great, but you're doing more for clients. I'm glad you gave up tennis because now you're helping clients. I'm glad you live in a small house now because now you are whatever, you're making less money because you have decided to serve others. You don't get any prizes for that. Quite the opposite. I mean, no one's ever said, oh, who has the smallest least fancy house we'd like to have our party there it's always like who has the mcmansion who has the most who's the best we want to come to you and so i really went off on your comment but i think it all ties into the same thing we're not here to judge people by their income and we have very wealthy clients and we have clients in poverty and they all get the same respect and treatment absolutely because they all have dignity and you don't know their story and i think they're all people well and i think that's why we get the wealthy clients because they know value yeah and they know when they're at a firm who's really delivering to help them as opposed to just gonna fleece them oh yeah trying to take your money that's the opposite of what we do we want to help you Obviously, we appreciate it when clients pay their bills and are on time. We, you know, we need that because in order for us to continue doing such a good job with so much passion, we need to continue getting paid. So it's great when we have those clients, but it's it's the passion too. Well, and that's my pet peeve is when the client doesn't pay the bill. <laughs> right. Of course. That's my number one pet peeve. Because you do so much. And yeah, you we work so hard. So much. You want to make sure that it's not only just being seen but that it's appreciated and respected like you are doing so much for these clients we all do so much for these clients and the lawyers really go out of their way to to answer the phone for these clients or to step out of a meeting to talk to a client yeah or just the fact that we chose to make less money to be of service and then they don't have the common courtesy to just pay their bill or they think they can pull one over on us and it's not like we're racking up the bill it's not like yeah i mean it's expensive and we acknowledge that and that's why we're flexible with unbundled legal representation and lower retainers and the things that we can do to try to help them help themselves to keep the bills down it is a lot but you know what i told you i had my clients going through my head who did really well and the same ones who listened to me paid their bill on time right they always paid their bill on time and got the 10 percent discount i will tell you i have never missed a bill payment in my life (laughs) okay i'm not quite up there with you but yeah (laughs) i'm only 22 it's a great start yeah it's a great start i totally get you and i think that um there's a lot to be said to those kinds of people well and, and those are the ones that are a class act like anyone of means usually is not going to be the one 
that is the most obnoxious, that is the most caustic. I mean, that can happen, but almost always those are the ones that are the most patient and dignified because they didn't get where they are by treating people like garbage. But I don't want to rant on it. No, I totally got you. Yeah, and and we do get good clients, and I think it's because they know value and um, they have the discernment to tell the difference between someone who's here to serve them and get the job done expediently and someone who's here to treat them like an open bank account to, we talked about churning a case and dragging it out and that's all unethical. And I think that someone of means can usually see right through that. I just thought of something that one of my former bosses said, well, two of them said, um, a couple of my mentors, I guess I'll call them, be wary of a client who doesn't pay their bill because if they don't listen to you on that, they won't listen to you on other things. Mm. At the time, I was skeptical. I thought, I work for them and they want to get paid and that's why they're saying that. I'm not sure if that's true. It is true. Yeah, It is 100% true. The clients who don't respect you enough to pay their bill almost always don't listen to you with other things, and they're not the best clients. And then, of course, they're not going to get the outcome that they want. Um, I mean... By not listening. By not yeah. listening and yeah. not... Yeah. But I think everyone can fall behind or miss a bill or have a complaint about it. And again, good communication. I'm just a caller, a text on right. my cell phone away. It's 303-808-4794. I give it out all the time. <laughs> everyone has it. I haven't really had it abused. I mean, I guess once in a while, but not really. I've never really had it (laughs) abused where I couldn't put a boundary on it. Right. And so there's no excuse um, to not get back to us if you have a complaint. But please pay your bill or we'll figure out a way to make it work for you. That's my little pet peeve with clients. And also, of course, please do not be rude to us. And if I'm rude (laughs) to you, let me know. I'll always want to hear what you have to say. Even if I don't like it, I'll listen to it respectfully, hopefully. (laughs) Respectfully, hopefully. (laughs) Well, it's just because I think I'm all these things, like kind and compassionate. And and then I'll get feedback, but I'll get feedback. You should have done this. There's first of all, there's always room for improvement. And secondly, the way I think I am and the way other people see me are not always the same. Agreed. And the same goes for every single person in this world. So right. We all are all yeah. different versions of ourselves. Yeah. So I try really hard to be those things, but not always. And that's the other thing. I'm trying to be nice, and sometimes I may come off a different way. If you're not even trying to be polite, maybe just stop, take a breath. It doesn't serve you. Never. Yep. It doesn't. Um, well, and that got me thinking about something else. I'm so sorry, but I, I just thought of <laughs> that I don't want my clients to mistake that I'm polite to opposing counsel and judges with that I'm giving in. Quite the opposite. It's just that it lands better if you say it in a kinder way, right. with dignity and politeness, but the substance, you don't concede right. boundaries. You just say it a different way so i've learned over the years i'm not afraid as courts whizzing by to say wait a minute wait a minute your honor i need to back up for a second you quickly said this and i'd like to comment on it even though you've moved on to a new topic right it took me years to figure that out you know but that could be a huge game changer because if someone goes into court without a lawyer they'll just be like it went so fast i didn't even know what happened and they skipped past something yeah no that makes sense but with respect okay I guess we're two millennials. Are we millennials? Yeah, because we did zillennials. Oh, uh, millennials. Oh, man. They get a bad rap. 
people call them snowflakes and all that. Yeah, and I don't say they want a trophy for everything. <laughs> right. I, I feel like, first of all, I think obviously, like you said earlier, all of the generations, we all have traits from the other generations and go, you know, yeah. so forth. But um, millennials are a byproduct of the generation before them and the generation before them. Yeah, like we right? raise them and then so, we're like, ugh. Yeah, exactly. And so, and then they make fun of each other. It's so it's just hypocritical. Human nature. Yeah, yeah, it's just it's human nature. But I, I would say millennials are, um, well, first of all, they were the first tech savvy ones, like super duper hey, no. tech. Well, I, I don't think know. so. I feel like well, I mean, tech. like obviously, like there's Steve Jobs and the rare bunch. Yeah, but they grew up with having probably their own, right? Maybe PC or a laptop. And, yes. Yeah. But like when I think maybe of millennials, phone. I think of like, ooh, like we're in college or high school i would say yeah high school or college in the 90s right um and i think of just super tech savvy <laughs> like they yeah. just know what they're doing on the computer yeah um, they are they are proficient at that yeah. and they're comfortable with it as opposed to prior generations for sure i always think of the definition of technology technology is anything that was invented after you were born Right. So, you right. know, like right. my <laughs> totally. great grandparents are probably, oh, with their telephones and yeah. their. <laughs> I'm going to be so like, your hoverboard, get it out of here. Yeah. Right? <laughs> You're so tech. Well, soft. yeah. And also, millennials are just, um, they did amazing with mental health too. I think they definitely endure a lot more and aren't as loud as Gen Z when it comes to mental health stuff. But I definitely think that they are. I don't know. Millennials are awesome people. <laughs> From all of the millennials, all my cousins are millennials. So there I grew up go. with them. Yeah, there. they're they're really fun people. And I think I t- told you my story when I presented at DU, and I really was impressed that a lot of the students came up to talk to me after the presentation about my statement that you can open a lot of doors by working at a big firm and you can close a lot of doors by getting dependent on the income. Yeah. And someone had said that to me when I was in law school and I remembered it and I acted on it that I choose to live a simpler life and that has opened a lot of doors that I like my law practice. I've had younger lawyers tell me, you're the only lawyer I know who likes being a lawyer. <laughs> and I do. And right. it's because of a lot of hard work setting boundaries and representing clients in a way that may not be the most remunerative. I might not be the wealthiest lawyer you know, but in a way that is valuable to me, that makes me feel good about coming into work every day. I didn't get a lot of cheers for that because I'm from Generation Jones, which we'll get to, but it's like you're always jonesing for more. You're always trying to make more money, this and that. And... um I saw a change where they saw their parents act like that and it didn't bring them what they wanted in terms of family and work satisfaction. So they want to have meaning in their life, in their work. That actually brings up such a great point because millennials, they created so many jobs with tech using the technology. Like they really did like content creators. um, Yeah. People who make a living off of just doing a podcast, um, those, I'm pretty sure millennials started doing that. Probably in large part. And also that they're behind the scenes because you might see the young kids doing it, but obviously there's a lot of older people that are putting it together. Also, shout out to the Sealies. I mean, they're they're doing... They're millennials. they're, they're, they're basically millennials. Yeah, they're, they're the ones they're behind boomers. the scenes here yeah, doing but this they for they were us. ahead of their time for real. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 
that's what we like about millennials. And now we're going to go into another topic, which was talking about balancing work, <laughs> life, and you are the queen of that because you are a full-time student or were and a full-time employee at our firm. Our clients have to walk that walk because they have a job and a life that was right. busy. I mean, I haven't had anyone come in while I was just sitting there and I had nothing to do. And then now you're going to throw a legal issue on top of it. Now they're in your shoes with full-time work, full-time law case. What pointers do you have having juggled two full-time things? Well, I mean, from a mental health standpoint, I know we've stated mental health too many times in this, but um, I think definitely important to um, internalize your emotions, especially when you're going through such a hard thing. Like, it's one thing if I'm just working full time and going to school, because, you know, I am, it's, it's a struggle regardless. It's not a competition, but if you're going through something as heavy and as hard as a divorce, as well as also expected to go and work full time, I mean, you have to really set not only boundaries, but you really have to set goals for yourself that make you excited for things to push through. Yeah, to, to get push through, through the day. Like yeah. you said, do a small thing every day. Yeah, that's whatever uplifting. makes you happy. Like, I mean, I do darn that it, too. if you want to go sing karaoke in the car on your break, you go do it if that's the one thing that's going to lift you up. You have to make make up little things that will get you through the day regardless of what you're going through. And even if it isn't, even if you're just in school or you're just getting a divorce um, and you don't have to work, whatever it is, it's tough and it's not a competition and just know that you should internalize your feelings and um, set those exciting little goals for yourself even if they're not little um, yeah like just make it manageable when yeah all of it's something over. to make it happy yeah exactly yeah and that you got it everyone and got actually it. when you're talking about behavioral health or mental health I think having a therapist sometimes has helped a lot of our clients Absolutely. or whatever their releases some run 50 miles some have a therapist and I don't know if you saw me doing karaoke in my car <laughs> but I have had people see me at an intersection did you really do karaoke in your car if you weren't for seen? real of course <laughs> if you weren't and rapping, belting rapping in my car Oh my gosh. Of course they saw me and who knows, but I I'm I just fine know Jacob that. is singing Let It Go and by the Frozen movie. Oh, he sings Let It Go. <laughs> He's going to love hearing You're this. Yes, Let It Go. Team. Let It yeah. Go, Queen. You got I it. I had that. I think I have that sign in my office, Let It Go. Do you? I don't think I, I used that. to. Oh, mm -hmm. okay. Mm -hmm. Maybe but I'll, I meant it emotionally and then maybe yeah. I had to take it away because I didn't want them to think I would meant to let it go there their There's stuff <laughs> yeah i'm fighting let for it. it go yeah let, i'm trying to get you your stuff like, yeah. you don't have to let it go i don't that's not my philosophy i'll try to get you as much as i can in the divorce but yeah yeah let's do another trivia awesome okay do you want to you go first this time i'm okay I'll i don't have I, I yeah, needed to be more prepared to me um this is a two-parter so the first one is what songwriter and singer died in a plane crash in 1973 and had the hit time in a bottle Mm, 1973? Time in a bottle. I don't know. Can you give me another song that they had? Um, a better song, I like think, a more popular didn't he, I think he had Bad Leroy Brown, maybe? Anyway, it's Was Jim it, Croce. What genre? Jim, Jim Croce. Croce. I would okay. have never guessed okay. that. And then we're going to move along. Didn't another band Who had the greatest... Who's the greatest guitarist of all time? Ooh. Ooh. E so, personally... 
I'm just asking, no, objectively. Okay, I'm going to say my personal, and then I will say objectively. Um, Santana is my personal favorite. Okay, keep going. And then Jimi Hendrix. Correct! I knew it. I knew it. High five. five. I knew it. Yeah, that was, I did write it down. So look, my (laughs) parents. I would have also accepted Robert Johnson or John Lee Hooker. But um, yeah, that is objectively. My parents raised me correctly. Yeah, they did. Okay. Oh my gosh, I asked I asked some of my generation a while ago and I was absolutely shocked. I said, Oh Mm. my gosh, do you like this song? And it was um Valerie by Amy Winehouse. And one of my friends was like, I don't even know who this is. And I was just like after you are you joking? (laughs) Well remember we had students in the office who didn't know what a camera Wait, a camera? They'd never seen a camera with film in it. With or answered a landline. I know that was fun. Because I had to time teach change, students times how to change, answer the landline. Yeah, just to make everyone feel old who's listening. <laughs> and then, um, I mean, I felt okay. old when they said, "How yeah, do I?" Yeah, good job. I I'm glad you got that one right. You learned well, Padwan. Shout okay, out to my parents. so now we're gonna <laughs> go on to. Um, I think this is our last question of the day. Is um, no, we have two more. Also, one is. What do you think people must misunderstand about your generation, especially when it comes to work? That we're lazy. And I know that goes for millennials, too, or Gen Z and millennials. um, I feel like we get a bad rep because um, we are like the shortcut generation. And I will compliment um, older generations. I will say you guys definitely seem to do things right. You guys always do things the correct way, I feel like. Um, and you put so much pride into that. But our generations, I feel like they just, th- we have, ha- we grew up with shortcuts. I mean, our yeah. Google, it's in our pockets well, all the time. Well, we talked about business letters that oh, yeah. we can craft a good business letter. And that was a compliment to prior generations. So Absolutely. We'll kind of merge even, them together. Even a thank you letter. And let's be honest, um, I really wish they didn't stop teaching cursive why did they stop doing that right yeah. at my age? Yeah. I don't understand that, but they had their reasons and um I don't know. Just yeah. your they should have <laughs> they should have kept doing thumb that. Thumb tapping on your phone. I know. It's like but, yeah. How long does it take you to type a paragraph in with your with your thumbs right yeah. here? Yeah. So it's just times change, I suppose. Yeah, I think that's fair that there are a lot of hard workers in your generation. Yeah, and I feel like oh yeah. I mean, I think we utilized the shortcuts. Mm-hmm. I hadn't really thought about it that way, but that's probably true and good to know and feel free to share them. And um, <laughs> I think for my generation, which I'm kind of in between Gen X and Boomer, depending on who you ask. Right, me too. I, um, you know, in different lists have different cutoffs and they move them around. That's a I little know. bit infuriating, but I don't care that much. But um, I think that something that, people don't understand is that we are competent and proficient and we can learn things like technology and that we are worthy of being heard and listened to so sometimes I think the older people get the more they're dismissed and stop take a pause I mean I do elder law and people talk slower and they forget things that's just natural as we age But they're sifting through memories that go back decades. Absolutely. And they have so much wisdom. And I think because we're rushed, there's a tendency sometimes with younger generations to just think that maybe I don't know how to 
do technology or um, not taking the time to realize that maybe I know things because I've gone through those things maybe in my life that there's a wisdom there. And I just think that's yeah. all every generation does that. They discount their elders and don't realize that they have lived through what you live through. Not the same way with the same technology, but they've gone through all those stages and you haven't. Right. And take the time to listen. That's just my only little right. pet peeve. No, and I, t- I totally agree. Um, obviously, there's tons of things that I wouldn't know and that I ask you. Um, and I think we, we had a conversation about something similar to this a while ago where you were talking about how um, I said something and I said it wrong <laughs> um, and you were correcting me. But uh, you were saying it's it's cute how like sometimes when um, the like younger people they think they're like correct and they're like I take it for granted instead oh, of granted yeah, you know I small things yeah, like that I it's remember like, that conversation and it's like I, but we I told say it with you the most to... confidence so you yeah. we think we're so right in that moment and then you're just like I'm not trying to hurt your feelings but you're telling us like. That's not the right way to say something. Yeah, like, like to right. pronounce a name. I think it was Camus. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And then yeah. my dad told me that it might be um, Camus. Because okay. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll yeah. No, later. we'll have to we'll look it up. It. I could be stand correct. Call my father, and I will be like, "Here you go." Yeah. And it depends because <laughs> you're you lived in Portugal, and they pronounce things different yeah, ways. Yeah, I think he was like, saying in Camus. The, maybe yeah. <laughs> that would be Castilian. Yeah. Like, yeah. Maybe my dad yeah. said it was. I think. Um, I don't know where yeah. Kamu was from, but well, I know that he interacted with a lot of the existentialists, right. and they were like um, Simone de Beauvoir and Sartre were French, and right. I know that he was a colleague of theirs, but I don't know that he's French. So, right, Google it, friends. I'm sure we can move on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was just things like that. Well, yeah, yeah. It was also just important for me to realize, like. Um, I think I was mentioning, oh, I'm reading, um, my father had suggested I read, um, what is it called? The Stranger by Albert Camus. And um, I read it and I was like wanting to talk about it because yeah. this is a whole I new actually idea Googled for me. Him, how do you pronounce his name after I right, said that? Right, I know. <laughs> it was like a whole new idea for me. And Jacob yeah. walks out of his office and I'm like, hey, have you read The Stranger by Albert Camus? And, and Jacob like, just looks at me and he's like, yeah, like, in college I read like all of his books and I was yeah, just like we're all English oh. majors yeah and for me but we like, had to, that reminds me of two things and I think we talked about this before number one I shouldn't steal the joy of a young person <laughs> finding things for the first time but you have to remember not to step on it and right. I do step back sometimes and not say like okay I know who that is and you know yeah. I'll just listen believe it or not I actually do and because um, it's like that yeah and excitement yeah. on the case like did you have yeah. seen this yeah of like, course yes. not you know it's very important to let people who just discovered things and then <laughs> I told you about there was I heard a podcast of course because I'm a podcast junkie um he said <laughs> his teachers listened to him in high school and that was important to him because when you're 15 you know everything and when an adult tells you how things are it's annoying to you because you don't want anyone to tell you how things are because you know how everything is and that they expect to be listened to and i hadn't really thought about it that way almost yeah when you're a teenager you have to have that right yeah and take people as they are instead of me saying but it's incorrect and that's the lawyer in me (laughs) i always want to get to oh 
oh no, I Here's Googled how you pronounce his name, you know. <laughs> yeah. Oh no, I have a list of the trivia answers, the correct answer. And sometimes that's less important than just letting that person feel heard, which to segue it back to law, it's very important for us to get the answers right. And often there is a right answer under the law. But believe it or not, and it's, I just learned this recently, it's even more important to the client to be heard. And so I will always do a trial that my client feels like they're heard because mm. I studied Posner theory of cross-examination and you get in so much evidence on cross-examination and that is superior strategically. Yeah. That is, and That's I finally cool. nailed it in a case where I really got in everything on cross-examination of the other party and my client didn't have to say very much. And I don't talk about a specific case, so I'll leave it at that. But over time, I realized that client has something that they want the judge to hear. Even if it ruins the case, and I will tell them that it will, mm -hmm. every now and then they want to say it anyway. They yeah. want to be heard. And I will be here to tell you not to say it. <laughs> and I will do my best to prevent you from sabotaging your own case but I have learned over the years that it is so important for clients to be heard by me, by you, by the judge, by the mediator. And the other party, they'll never know because communication lines have changed. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, I really learned that. And that's kind of that thing about 15-year-olds know everything, so stop lecturing them with the right answer. Who cares how someone pronounces their name? It's just exciting to see that a new generation has discovered existentialism and different types of plays and surrealism and we don't have to have right answers. It's it's true. I mean, the answers to everything, listening, being heard. I feel like you're way more likely to be heard when um, you listen to someone. Uh, because, I mean, it, it's that respect and communication flows both ways, right? And I feel like that is such a huge... For sure. Thing. You don't feel, yeah. you're not going to trust someone who doesn't listen. And actually, you, my Chucky, but on my um, phone, and I just showed this to another member of our team, um, I always have kind of a theme for the week. And this week it was, it sounds corny, but love, <laughs> listen, learn. Love, listen, learn leadership. Cute. Because okay. this is the cheesy part, I suppose, but I do have affection for our clients and my staff. Of course, yeah. And I want to lead with that to see you as someone worthy and then second is i want to listen hmm. and i've really been working hard on that i think you're 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 a good listener beth oh i'm getting better <laughs> well yeah act, for it sure can with be the hard. clients it can be hard especially if you've heard the same story like so many divorces they sound the same but they're so, very unique but and, yeah of course yeah, they are but we, yeah but i i love listening to our clients and i I'll give you, I'll tell you something. I love listening to the other party and the other attorney because they give away the whole case and you learn a <laughs> lot listening. That's probably when I listen the best and I am taking <laughs> notes, but you know, they're probably not listening to this podcast, but I do do that. Listening is where you garner that information and then learn. And I got this from a podcast of this woman executive. I don't remember her name, but um, she's the CEO for the Mavericks. Right. And it's just a better way to lead in work and in personal. Yeah. Like, which is harder for me in personal to just be, okay, 
yeah. I'll listen. Because at work we have respect because we're good at our craft. But in personal, it's kind of a free-for-all. Yeah. And it's very emotional. Yeah. It's scary because you have to be, you kind of have to trust. And that can be kind of scary too. 100%. That's why you're so wise. (laughs) I'm wise because my parents, um, I'm not wise, but. (laughs) You are. My parents, I feel like they they instilled so many like things that you've taught me as well. And you reassure me of a lot. Um, But mainly when, when it comes to like the generational thing specifically, my dad always used to tell me, and my mom too, but um, you can learn anything from anyone, or you can learn one at least one thing from everyone on earth. There's not one person you can't learn from. And so... For sure. When yeah. it's like, and even if it's a 15-year-old that thinks they're invincible, and no, for sure. you can they still learn so much. one thing from them, and you can still learn one thing from um, anybody. You can learn from everyone. And so if I feel like if our clients come in with that type of mindset they'll be ready to go they'll be they'll probably get the most out of the situation maybe not financially we don't know but um yeah but i think that they i i agree and i want them to focus on the law part on our advice not the committee out there that always you know oh their cousin's girlfriend got the best result and the lawyer paid her to your situation yeah but no i agree and that's the excitement of life and that's i think why people are drawn to be lawyers because we do like to learn and learn from others yeah and then I think you have a high emotional, like EQ, emotional IQ. Emotional intelligence. Thank mm-hmm. you. Yeah. So that's been helpful I think in your that role. helps answering the phones. And For sure. also just greeting people at the front yeah. desk. You get good feedback on that. So that's very helpful. And then obviously, if your parents taught you that um, Jimi Hendrix is the greatest guitar player of all time, it's <laughs> a job well done. I think it's Santana. Yeah, correct. I just, or, you know, sometimes the Eagles. Santana's but very good too. But Jimi Hendrix about <laughs> Jimmy, yeah. I mean, didn't he like perform in at Woodstock completely on a on acid? It's possible. <laughs> it's possible. But no, it's still magical. Yeah, magical. magical. Yeah. So, okay. Well, I think this is the longest yeah. podcast I ever did. Actually, yeah. Podcast. I thought Serena Masterson. The last one was this so one was interesting. Even longer, really. <laughs> I'm sorry. <it> or not. <laughs> but we can just talk for ages, girlfriend. <laughs> yeah. Well, we never get to because I'm always like, okay, I got to get back to work now. Awesome. I'm always like doing that. It's um. I think it's Amy Poehler in Wonder Woman, or, or no, it's Kristen Wiig in Wonder Woman, and she's like stepping backwards yeah. out of the scene, and that's always <laughs> what I picture when I'm like stepping backwards like into to, my office, just like time to get back to work, or what's that Homer Simpson where he's going in the bush, yeah, he's, going he's hiding, yeah, yeah that's like always. So time to step backwards should and wrap both, it up. Should we both wear? Because um, we have to decide who won the. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Should we both I, wear okay, um, generations? Okay, but I'm pretty sure you won, so yours is optional. Okay, well, I'll I'm going to do it if you're going to do it. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I'll do it on Monday. Okay. Yeah, let's Ooh, do it. Fun. Let's do it Monday. All right. <laughs> we got it. Total zillennial. What am I? I'm a zillennial. You'll be a zillennial and I will be a I already Jones-er. dressed too young for my age, so it's probably I'll just wear you my same so clothes. You dress so cute. I love, I dress your, young I love for your outfit. My age, so, yeah, I am definitely going to dress like a zillennial. I'm going to do my research. Okay. And you're going to be, I'm going to take it all the way. You're going to be a boomer. Oh, a boomer. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you got to do your homework. Oh, man. All right. I yeah. will. Oh, boomers, is that like? Brush up on your slang. <laughs> groovy, dude. <laughs> Sounds good. I do say groovy. I do say that. Yeah. Okay, sorry. Yeah. Okay, well. Coming to conclusion, do you have anything you want to put out there for social media or anyone to get in touch with you? Um, you can always reach me uh, at Anderson Law PC, and mm-hmm. um, my cell is 
my you don't email. have to give yeah. that <laughs> out. Don't give it out. It's like, but, maybe yeah, not myself. <laughs> you can always reach me at Anderson Law PSC. Um, if you need to get in touch with me, go ahead and uh, reach out to Beth on mm-hmm. her cell, and she will. She I'll get will you. Get I'll, yeah, I'll get you in touch with Miss Rosie, and um, she is going to be running a paint company someday in Portugal, in Lisbon. Yes, ma'am. Hopefully, somewhere yeah. in Lis- somewhere around Lisbon, somewhere so, in that area. Yeah. So, if you <laughs> want your house painted in 2024 in Lisbon, <laughs> and give us a call. In Europe, we'll be there. Yeah, she'll be on it. She'll be you're, you're big things for Rosie down the road. I'm sure of it. And we really, I mean, I would love to keep you at the firm, but one of our core values is that the people who work for us, I want what's best for you. Well, I appreciate you know. Okay, we're going to end with the lawyer joke because I do have a lawyer joke. Okay, so to it, there was a wizard and a witch at Hogwarts who were getting a divorce. (laughs) And they do it a little differently there. They went in front of Dumbledore and he brought out the mirror of Arisid and they got to stand before it. And as part of the divorce, in addition to dividing all their property and such, um, they got to really see themselves as the other person saw them in the mirror Uh so they stand in front of the mirror and um the witch goes oh my gosh i see a female dog and then she goes oh i okay nicely done maybe i was a little mean i know what you're saying and then the warlock stands in front of the mirror and he goes i don't know if they have warlocks or wizards but whichever it was he stands in front of the mirror and he's like okay I've got a mane, I've got the body of a donkey, I've got a long skinny yellow tail with spots on it. What the heck am I? Dumbledore says, well, it appears to me you're a lion ass cheetah. (laughs) That's actually really funny words. That's crazy. A lion ass cheetah. Period. Just a divorce joke. (laughs) So, yep, even when it comes to business relationships, they change, they take different paths, different avenues, but whether it's a divorce or a death, um, think of Anderson Law PC. My cell phone is 303-808-4794. My um, email is beth at andersonlawpc.com and it's Anderson with an E for excellent. And um, our landline is 720-922-3880. Our website is Beth Lynn Anderson, again with an E, JD for jurisdoctorate.com. And we'll have all our contact information in the show notes. And once a family or a business, which I learned, they do have people come and go. We're not here forever. Once they make those changes, you're not just breaking up, you're breaking upward. 